I know we have tons of definitions out there about grief, loss, bereavement, mourning, and so on. But grief for me is this tangled web of internal and external turmoil. It's something that we go through, but none of us can really articulate, can put into words the profound impact that grief and loss can have on our lives. We can try, but there are no amount of words in the English dictionary that can really hit on the nuance, the variety, the intensity of the emotions that human beings feel, express, go through as a result of a loss. I know there are a variety of different losses, but today I'm focusing specifically on loss as a result of the death of a loved one. And I dedicate this podcast episode to my best friend whose sister just passed away yesterday, February 20th, 2023. I want you to know that you are loved, that you are not alone, and I'm supporting you as you work through this difficult season. I'm Alicia Caldwell, the mental fitness coach and the host of the Me, Myself, and Her podcast. And my mission is to help women and helping professionals who are champions on the outside to be champions on the inside by becoming better stewards of their mental health. And today I want to talk to you about something that is near and dear to my heart because I have a a good friend who experienced the loss of her sister yesterday and in support of her. I want to talk to you all today from the subject, self-care during times of grief. I'm not a grief and loss expert, but as a licensed professional counselor, I have worked with clients through their grief and loss process. So if you are grieving, if you are currently going through your own grief journey, I challenge you, I ask you to make a decision to reach out to someone that can help you untangle the web of emotions. And at the end of this podcast episode, I'm going to provide you with a few resources that you can tap into. And if you're someone listening today and you're not going through a grieving process, that's a blessing, but still listen because the information can help you to help someone else who is processing the loss of a loved one and wondering how they can take care of themselves, how they can feel better, even though their life, their emotions have been turned upside down. Is it okay if we start with some definitions? I don't know about you, but I can work through a thing a lot better if I have more clarity on definitions, even if it's on basic words like grief and loss. So let's start with the word grief. There is no universally accepted definition of grief, but in general, it refers to the process of how we react both internally and externally to the perception of a loss. 
and loss is the disappearance of something that's treasured or cherished, such as a person, a possession, a pet, or a status. And then there's bereavement. Bereavement refers to the period of time after a loss during which grief is experienced and mourning occurs. So think of it in terms of getting time off from your job. Most employers, they provide bereavement time, which is normally two to three days that you can take off work without penalty to grieve the loss of a loved one. Now, we all know that it takes more than two to three days for a bereavement period, but that just gives you an example. And mourning is the culturally structured response to grief. You might hear mourning and grieving used interchangeably, but they are two different terms. Mourning is generally used to describe the culturally related behaviors that we participate in as we are grieving the loss of a loved one. For example, wearing black at funerals, bringing food to grieving family members on the day leading up to a funeral, on the day of a funeral, and sometimes for a period of time after. Mourning can also involve personal rituals, like keeping an article of clothing of your loved one. Um, It can also involve making a a special meal or um, having a special celebration on the anniversary of the death of a loved one. It really just depends on who you are culturally, who you are individually, what your mourning rituals will be. With that being said, if you are supporting someone who is grieving, be mindful of the grieving and mourning variations. How someone is grieving may not look like your grief process. They may not feel and do things the way that you did them, and that is okay. Grief is such a unique process, and with all the clients that I've worked with over 18 years of being a licensed professional counselor, I have yet to see two people grieve and process their grief and loss the exact same way, and that's just the nature of grief. There are a lot of variations But there are also quite a few trends and characteristics that grieving individuals will have in common. And some of the common characteristics are emotional distress, mental and physical fatigue, feelings of guilt and expressions of anger, isolation, just not not wanting to be bothered by people. Feelings of sadness, emptiness, and overwhelm, eating too much or eating too little, forgetfulness, an increase in stress, and a decrease in self-care and motivation. One of the number one challenges that clients would report to me was sleep disturbances. 
they would have a hard time going to sleep, staying asleep, or oversleeping. So somehow, some way, their sleep would be disturbed. And I share this just so you know the variation, the roller coaster ride of whatever you're going through, that it's unique to you. But there are some commonalities that someone else who has gone through or hit or who is going through the grief process will be able to understand because there are similarities. And you're not weird or strange for experiencing whatever it is that you're experiencing. And more importantly, you're not alone. Grief is this universal language because somehow, some way, we all are going to experience it. And I know that sucks. I wish I could say today that not everyone is going to experience the loss of someone they love, but that's not true. None of us are going to escape if we live long enough, which I pray that we all live out the fullness of the lives that we are meant to have on this earth. But if we live long enough, we will experience a loss. We will be challenged with overcoming our own grief journey. And with that in mind, today I want to share with you some practical self-care strategies that you can use during times of grief, because even though we will face it, we don't have to fall victim to it. Even though grief and loss will challenge us, it doesn't have to overtake and overwhelm us. So we will use self-care during this grief-related time of trouble. And just in case you're new to the conversation related to self-care, self-care in its most basic form is taking steps to provide for your mental, physical, spiritual, and relational health needs to the best of your ability because some seasons you're going to do better than others. And it's remembering that taking care of yourself is not selfish. In fact, when you take care of yourself, you show up better for everyone else. And that is something that I teach time and time again. But for some reason, so many of you don't believe me. You don't believe that prioritizing your mind is aligned with a successful life, but it is. When you are better Everything in your life reaps the benefits. That's what self-care is all about. But during seasons of grief, you might be tempted to let your self-care slip. But the truth is, this is the time where you need to ramp up your self-care. This is a time where stress is probably going to be high and your self-care, your rest, your recharge, your restorative practices are going to be low. So I'm challenging you today. I'm reminding you today, tuck this podcast episode away. When you're tempted to defeat yourself by neglecting your self-care, I want you to push play and get this reminder of how important it is to care for yourself during times of grief. I imagine some of you are thinking, 
Who in the heck is going to think about self-care when they're grieving the loss of someone that they love? When they're in so much pain that they can barely remember to eat, who's going to be thinking about self-care? And here's my answer. You are. Because you're listening to this podcast today. You're becoming more informed about how to stay well during a season of grief. And you're going to remember how important it is for you to do the hard things now so that on the other side of your grief, your mind, your body, your spirit, and your relationships can still be in good working order. And don't get it twisted. It won't be easy. There's going to be days where you forget. There's going to be days where you don't remember how important it is. But on the days that you do remember, get to it. On the days that you do remember to make sure you're getting enough sleep, do it. On the days that you do remember to stay hydrated, do it. On the days when you do remember to meditate for 10 minutes, do it. On the day when you do remember to call your therapist and schedule that appointment, do it. On the day that you do remember to listen to uplifting music so that your spirit is nourished and enhanced, push play on that. On the day where you do remember to pray, get on your knees. On the day where you do remember to set limits on who you pour into so that you can pour into yourself, do it. Self-care during times of grief ain't easy, but it's necessary. If you want to grieve with mental, physical, spiritual, and relational well-being in mind, it won't be easy. It won't be convenient. You won't always feel like it. Days you will want to stop and not worry about it. But I challenge you to remember the why behind it. Self-care during times of grief is intended to balance out the pain, to balance out the stress, to balance out that sense of overwhelm, to balance out the feeling that you're all alone, to balance it out. We need self-care practices targeted toward our grief and loss needs. And because grief and loss can get so chaotic internally and externally, I just want you to focus on three areas during the early stages of your grief. So remember these three, write them down somewhere, put them on your mirror in the bathroom and remember to get enough rest each day. And if you can't sleep, at least close your eyes, have some quiet time and get some rest just through silence and solitude. The second thing is make sure that you're eating nutritious foods every single day. Your appetite may not be there, but your body is still needing and craving nutrients. What we don't want to do is to be grieving and damaging our bodies at the same time. And the third thing is lean into your support system. 
And if you don't have a support system in family or friends, then go get yourself a professional support system that you may have to pay for. Reach out and get a grief counselor. Go to a grief support group. Reach out to your pastor and say, I need a community that I can lean on during this time where I'm feeling weak. Those three things, get enough sleep, make sure that you're nourishing your body and lean into, not away from your support system. That is self-care. Now, I could go on and on with all types of self-care strategies, but when you are grieving, I want you to keep it simple. I want you to keep it impactful. And remember, it's not the quantity of things that you do, it's the quality. You can do a few things and they can be more impactful than doing a whole bunch that's really just scratching the surface. I leave you with this. Commit to a daily self-care plan, P-L-A-N. The P stands for put yourself first daily because when you're better, remember, others will also reap the benefits. The L stands for listen to your warning signs. Pay attention to the signs from your mind and your body. The A stands for ask for help. Make sure that you're not struggling during this season alone. And the N stands for nurture your mind, body, and spirit daily. Because stress shows up every day and so must your self-care. Thank you for joining me today. And I'm not going to lie, grief and loss is not a topic that I love talking about, but it is a necessary topic for so many, especially the past couple of years. There's been so much loss, so much pain for a variety of different reasons. There's been the pandemic. There's been violence in our world where lives have been prematurely taken There's been so much grief, so much loss, and I want you to remember that self-care can also involve mental and emotional support from a licensed professional. And if you're in need of a therapist, I want to give you some resources to get you started. And the first one is reach out to your insurance if you have it. Contact your insurance provider and find out what your behavioral health benefits are. How many number of sessions do you get? What's the out-of-pocket expense? And if you go out of network, what are those guidelines? And you can also request from your insurance provider a list of in-network mental health providers that you can reach out to and find out if they're accepting new clients, when is the first appointment, what do they specialize in, and so on and so forth. And the second one is check with your employer and see if they offer EAP services, which stands for Employee Assistance Program. Some employers will offer this program, which gives you a limited number. Sometimes it may be three to six sessions for free to get you started on your counseling journey. And then they'll refer you to a long-term provider if that's what you need. Third, 
speak to your primary care physician and request a referral to a local mental health provider. A lot of times your medical provider will have therapists, psychiatrists, and psychologists that they're aware of that they can refer you to. Four, get a referral from a friend, family member, or a colleague that you trust. Oftentimes we're telling people about our physical fitness trainer, but we're not talking about the therapist that we're working with. So you may just want to transparently ask, do you have a therapist? Do you like that therapist? And do you mind providing me with that person's name and contact information? Five, you can use an online database to locate a therapist in your area. One database that I refer to most often is Psychology Today. You can go to that website, you can put in your um, city or your zip code, and you can look at photos and summaries of providers that that are in your area. You can use the filter to put in your insurance, but I do recommend that you still contact that therapist and make sure that they're in network, even if they say that they are, double check that with your insurance if you plan to use insurance. Another database is therapyforblackgirls.com. If you're looking for a therapist of color, which is sometimes hard to come by, especially if you're looking for a black therapist, therapyforblackgirls.com is um, a website that you can go to and you can type in your area, your zip code, and they will bring up any of the black therapists that have opted into their database. You can also check out openpathcollective.org. They offer low-cost therapy services. If you're military connected, check out militaryonesource.mil, M-I-L. And for those of you that are looking for a grief support group, check out griefshare.org. If you or someone you know is in a crisis and you need immediate support or intervention, call the National Suicide Crisis Lifeline at 988. Or you can go to the website at www.988lifeline.org. And as always, if you're in immediate emergency need, contact 911 or go to your nearest emergency room. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you found value in this episode. Keep in mind that the information shared is not a substitute for services from a licensed mental health provider or medical professional. If you haven't done so, follow the podcast and tell your friends, family, and coworkers who need this message to tune in. Until next time, take care.